0: You and your fetus. Choosing the right birth. Coping with morning sickness. Thanks, I said, quickly stuffing them in my bag. The last one will be particularly relevant at the moment. Might help with those sudden rushes to toilets, rubbish bins, side of the road. I looked at my feet as we crossed the street. You know, when your mother was pregnant with you, she threw up right outside a busy cafe in Chelsea. She leant on a post box and retched into the gutter. I looked up, interested to hear more. She had terrible morning sickness, he said with a fond sparkle in his eye. It lasted the whole pregnancy. No kidding, I mused, my own recent vomiting session still fresh in my mind, and the back of my throat. When one of the cafe staff came rushing out with a chair and a glass of water, your mother scolded them for the water being too warm She sent them back inside for ice and demanded a piece of carrot cake too. Uncle Mike smiled and shook his head. She sat there on the footpath in the middle of Chelsea with her big pregnant stomach, eating cake while the waiter held her iced water. I snorted with laughter. My mother was not known for her subtlety, or for worrying about what other people thought of her. Archie and I played at the kitchen table while my Aunt Sinead sat at the other end feeding Millie their chubby-armed nine-month-old. Mum had been nine when Uncle Mike was born, a wonderful accident, Grandma had called him, so my cousins were much, much younger than Alex and me. Millie was spitting her mashed vegetable crap out over her chin and onto the table, blowing raspberries and giggling. It was a messy affair, one I was careful to keep away from. I may not be the most fashion-conscious girl around, but I at least like to keep my unfashionable clothes clean. Uncle Mike was at the Arga cooking up a feast. A cup of tea wafted its bergamot aroma under my nose. No more strong black coffee. Not good for unwanted fetuses, apparently. Sinead was telling Uncle Mike about a charity dinner they were required to attend. Another one? Really? He got eggs out of their retro blue Smeg fridge and stepped over one of Archie's toys. Their huge house was always in chaos, in spite of the housekeeper's efforts. Can't we just give them money and not go? He cracked the eggs with the ease of someone at home in the kitchen. Sinead didn't cook or work. Sinead had babies. Alice was eight, Jess was six, Archie was four, and Millie was last. Dad's expecting us to make an appearance. You know how he gets. Yes, I do. But just one weekend I'd like to stay in with my wife. Cook up some spicy chicken wings and watch a little television. Sinead scooped food off Millie's chin and spooned it back into her mouth. Millie spat it back out again. I secretly applauded her. Second-hand, chin-dribbled food was disgusting. Should have moved to Yorkshire and started my own practice in the country, Uncle Mike mumbled as he distributed bacon among waiting plates. None of this charity nonsense and balls and kisses in the air. Why kiss the air, anyway? Darling, you're mumbling to yourself again. Sinead mopped at Milly's grubby face. I was enjoying the distraction. To go or not to go to a charity ball was a much simpler problem than my own to have or not to have an accidental baby dilemma. You're doing it wrong, Emma, Archie pointed out. He was quite right. We were supposed to be playing fairy lions with the Play-Doh, and as I had no idea what fairy lions looked like, I'd made a rather pathetic-looking purple cat. Oh, sorry. I allowed him to tear apart my cat and commence serious fairy lion construction, glancing up now and then to make sure I was paying attention. Breakfast's up, Uncle Mike said, bringing food-laden plates to the table. A hunger like no other came over me. I shoved the Play-Doh to the side, slicked butter on a piece of toast, took huge bites and swallowed it down after only three chews. I needed to feel some weight at the bottom of my nauseous stomach. After a few minutes of comfortable silence, Sinead lifted her coffee and spoke. So, Emma, are you going to get rid of it? With her neat brown hair pulled into a low slide clip at the nape of her neck and her almost uniform-like choice of clothing, white linen shirt and black or brown iron trousers she looked innocuous enough but her conventional attire,